Hello friends, welcome to Real Truth Real Quick. I'm Todd Wagner and I usually talk second because my friend Rick Smith talks first, but he's not here today. My good friend Blake Holmes is here who I've known for a long time. Yes, hello Todd. And Blake is here today because we are gonna answer a question that uh, you and I had to walk through together about eight years ago. And uh, when your son Gage was diagnosed with cancer as a four-year-old. And so the question we're gonna answer today is, how do you respond to a friend who's experiencing a tragedy or crisis? Everybody wants to know. What do you do when your friend loses somebody, is overwhelmed with grief for whatever reason? And so, Blake, you've been through this. And if some people did things well and things not so well. Yes, sir. So what are some things we can share with people about how they can respond to a friend in those situations? Well, Todd, this is a great question. And I've got to admit, probably before eight years ago, I would have thought I could answer this question well. But then I learned, based on the way people loved us so well, that I really uh, probably was not as great a friend to people in times of crisis like I thought I was. Mm. And so I will just share how we were blessed okay. by the way in which people loved us. And what we'll do is, Blake, you've done a longer little section on this. We'll put a link to this on the bottom so people can get more detail on it. But we're going to give them three specific things yes. that bless you and that we think will always bless people when you show up, right. which is really the first one. Right. So run with it. Right. So here's what I'd say. The good news here is, is that this is not complicated. It's not complicated at all. It's just hard to do because we're insecure people and uh, sometimes fear grips us. And so the first thing I would tell you is, and this is what's hard to do, it's not complicated, is just show up. And we, we all realize how uh, that's hard to do because we're insecure. We assume other people are going to show up. Well, maybe somebody else is closer to them. And so we don't do anything. We don't respond. And what I would tell you is, first thing to do, go knock on the door and don't underestimate the impact that has. They will remember that forever. Just being willing to be physically present. In fact, when we look at somebody who was confronted with tragedy and crisis in scripture, we got a guy named Job, who right. was the you know, eptimum of a guy who was faced with something. And actually his three friends, which are appropriately criticized later, right. they nailed it early on. In Job chapter two, they, they show up yeah. for seven days. Yeah. For seven days, they sit with him yeah. and they grieve with him and, and they don't say anything. Exactly. And so there's application for us, even from Romans 12, 15, it says, mourn with those who mourn. That's right. And so sometimes just showing up, which gets us to the second one, because Job's friends, after seven days, started to make a mistake. Right. And, and the second one is, after you show up, resist the urge to say something profound. And we, we show up and because the silence feels awkward, we want to fill in the gap. And that's when we use Christian cliches, and that's when we say things that typically just aren't that helpful. If you'll just show up and tell somebody, hey, I'm here because I love you. I'm here because I know this is hard. I'm here because I'm your friend. Hey, I'm here because I want to help. Just something as simple as that. If you'll resist the urge to say something profound and just tell them, hey, I know this is hard, but because I love you, I'm committed to being here with you, and I just want you to know that I care for you. Yeah, so the old maxim, right? It's better to keep your mouth shut and appear stupid than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. <laughs> That's right? right. Because That's a right. lot of times they show up, and so Job's friends, speaking wasn't their problem, but they tried to say profound things and make theological assertions which were not rooted in truth. Right. So people who lose children, their kids aren't going to be angels. Yes, and, and what we do is, I would just say, it's not your responsibility to try to make God look good yeah. in that moment. Excellent. You, you don't need to chapter and verse a 
apologetic answer, okay? People aren't looking for the intellectual answer um, as much as they need to be comforted, reminded of truth, but... Um, but they don't need to be lectured. And you said something else. When you just show up and just say, I'm here for you, what can I do? But one of the things I would advise folks against, you can agree, is not just say, hey, if you ever need anything, call me, or do you need anything? Find something and do it. So as an example, I remember a friend whose house was burned down, and somebody showed up, and they didn't say, what can I do? They just said, hey, I'm going to go to the Apple store. I'm going to get you a new phone. They brought them a phone back because their phone was destroyed. They did something. Yes. Okay? And so if you're going to be, just be proactive. Okay? So just show up. Avoid the temptation to say something profound. And And then offer to help. Find a need, however small, and then meet it. So let me give you great examples of this. And... um, so I had a, a young single friend who came to me. Yeah. He learned that one night at 3 a.m. I had to run to go get Gage medicine at the pharmacy. He heard that. And he came to me the next day and he goes, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. He goes, as a dad, Blake, you should never have to leave your home mm-hmm. at 3 a.m. when your son is sick yeah. to go to the pharmacy. He goes, call me. Here is my cell phone number. Any midnight run. He goes, I don't have kids. I'm not married. You call this number. And all of a sudden, he was my friend at midnight who I'd call if I had to go get a prescription filled uh, unexpectedly. So that's... To him, it really didn't seem like a big deal. To me, it was an incredible help. Here's what happens. People will ask the question, well, hey, how can I help? For those going through the tragedy, going through the crisis, they really don't even know how to answer that question because they're so overwhelmed. They're so overcome with shock or grief or sorrow. And so it could be as simple as, hey, you know what? Who mows your yard, right? And for the next four weeks, you're going to arrange that that yard is mowed for them so that, so that that person doesn't even have to think about their yard. Or it could be uh, picking up kids from school. It could be things that we think about a lot around meals. I would encourage you to think about the whole family. Think about the whole family, not just the child or the person going through grief. But how does that impact all the other kids? So find a need, no matter how small it is, and then meet it. There you go. Be proactive. Now, one of the things we also see is a lot of folks show up initially and then 10 days, certainly a month later or 10 months later, right. no one's really there. And so you know, Romans talks about be devoted to one another in love. Don't be just devoted to showing up, not saying something profound and doing small things. Be present for a long time. Well, and here, here's a little secret, all right? There's this thing on your iPhone called the calendar, and you just put it on there to repeat every year on this date and you would be amazed. You don't even have to be smart. You don't even have to remember the date. You would be amazed if you see that and you follow up with somebody, hey, I know it was this time last year you lost your mom too, fill in the blank. I just want you to know I'm praying for you. I love you. I care about you. And I was thinking about you today. Practice, yeah. They're blown away that you would take the time to remember. Practice the ministry of, of presence. Right. Avoid the temptation to say something profound and then be practical in your assistance. So there you go. It's tremendous. And one last thing we might want to add is we all know that Romans 8.28 is true, right? Romans 8.28 is absolutely true. (laughs) All things work together for good to those who love God and called according to his purpose, but we might not want to drop that on them the first five minutes. Probably not in the first five minutes as you're explaining the loss of a child or some other tragedy. So. Well, we've teased out the five minutes a little bit longer. We hope you watch us. We hope you put these things to effect for a long time. Up above me right now, there's going to be a place for you to click on if you're watching on YouTube where you can subscribe all the time and get these. And we'll be back next week with another episode of Real Truth Real Quick.